And welcome to Betrayal Recovery Radio. I am just finishing up a text to my husband. He just said to me, I'm going to have to apologize now as I've been at Sweetwater Sound. Now, that's a stereo store. And we're getting ready to go on vacation. And we have a budget that we have to honor. So then he says, you won't be able to buy yourself something really nice at Unique Boutique, which is my favorite store, jewelry store down in uh, Florida. But the truth of the matter is, if I wanted to buy something, I would anyway. And we have a budget we're supposed to be honoring. Two wrongs don't make a right, right? Oh, well, that's just what happens in a marriage. You know, you got to. Well, I always say this, and I, I really tell my partners this too. When you've got somebody who is in good recovery, now I'm not a partner. My husband is not a sex addict. So I know I'm applying this to my life, but I just want to clarify, your life's a little bit different. I mean, you had a huge betrayal. You've had days, weeks, months, perhaps years of uncertainty in the relationship. You've had to really build on things. And yet, what I believe to be true is that when you know that your husband is working on recovery and he is diligently participating in recovery groups, you know, he's got a mentor or sponsor, he is doing the reading. He's reading, uh, you know, Every Man's Battle information, or he's reading SAA or SA stuff or Brave Heart stuff, whatever is going on. If he's doing his reading and he's working the program, he's doing the steps, the homework, the exercises, and he's contacting people in the fellowship, and he's doing that regularly, daily, weekly, whatever. And he's in therapy. He's praying, meditating, or journaling. Uh, He's communicating with you. He's working on those relationship skills that are so important in your relationship. Well, what I know to be true is that it is time to give grace it is time to compromise and negotiate. And more often than not, it is time, absolutely time, for us to look at their strengths and not their weaknesses. You know, appreciate the positives to keep the full picture going. And, you know, That can be difficult at times because you're afraid to give them too much credit. You don't want to get duped again. You don't want to get hurt. Uh, You've been hurt for so long in so many different ways. But it really is important, and that's why so oftentimes in most most types of check-ins, it really is okay for you to name an appreciation of the other person and let them know what you believe has been a positive change. I'm assuming that I'm mostly talking to partners. 
and I'm mostly talking to coaches and clinicians. And there are a few addicts that listen to this show. They've been turned on to it because a topic interested them, and then they kind of liked the show, and they downloaded it. But I also really know that partners especially know in their heart that their husbands need some positive stroking. They need some positive affirmations. Because we all are people that need to know that we matter. And when somebody has done something horrendous and they're doing their best to change it and probably are not doing it perfectly, but they need to be appreciated for what those changes are, it's called positive reinforcement. It's so very important. And I can't tell you how many times I've heard a partner say to me, well, I don't know why I have to stroke his ego for doing the next right thing. Or, well, I shouldn't have to commend him when he's doing what he's supposed to. And I get that too. But the truth of the matter is that that addict, that person with compulsive sexual problematic behavior had been doing things poorly for a long, long, long time. And when he or she figures it out and gets into recovery and is working all those tools, it's important to let them know that you notice. Because when you notice, it makes them feel good. It makes them know that they're making a difference in your life, not just their own. And Absatz really believes that her healing depends on his helping her to heal by being in good recovery and by doing all those things that promote her healing because when she heals from the atrocities that he caused, it, it helps him, it helps his self-esteem, and it's, it helps his sense of purpose. Because ultimately, you know, that book, His Needs, Her Needs, and 20,000 people were interviewed. Men most want to be appreciated, admired, and um, affirmed. And, you know, it's in their DNA. Now, you may say, hey, I'm a woman and I want all those things too. And obviously you do. But we women have a very special gift in that we have gotten to birth babies. And we've gotten to experience that relational component. Now, if you're like me and unable to have children... Uh, you may you may say, hey, Carol, don't be so insensitive. Some of us really have not had that experience. But it is embedded in our DNA to be relational and to care about other people and to notice them. And, you know, it really doesn't matter whether we've had the babies. It's in our genes to do it that way. It's our special gift. Not saying that men don't have it. But because they didn't birth babies, I believe, 
six-year-old, the coach believes that um, they're once removed from it. There is nothing more um, inspiring than when I see a man who comes into the office and he is a natural-born caretaker and he loves his kids and his kids bring him so much joy. And he, he really sees his kids first before he sees himself his wife, if he has one, um, his work. I mean, that is a special quality that exists if a man can do that. Now, today, I'm super stoked because we have two people from Core Relationship Recovery. Their website is hopeforus.com. And Sharon Reinerson and James Anir are both therapists and CCPSs, uh, you, and you know that that is, they're a certified clinical partner specialist. Um, James is a CSAT. He does EMDR. And these two are just a really fun-loving and hardworking married couple who have had their own journey of addiction and betrayal. And they believe in intensive so much that they have created uh, a center for intensives. And they like to describe it as their homey, homey healing center, um, where they get to share their own personal therapeutic styles and their passion for helping couples transverse this really painful journey, chaos, pain, and and turn it into that balanced life of love, truth, happiness, and trust. And so they're going to be talking to us about when do you need an intensive? You know, is it just for somebody who's stuck? Could it be for somebody who is really doing good recovery and they just want more self-improvement? And James and uh, Sharon, they say, um, that it's so important for self-development to find ways to intensify your own sense of self and self-awareness. And they teach a very popular couples intensive. So they're going to be talking about that as well as their workshop that they're going to be doing um, c-sassy.net. It's uh, the Christian Sex Addiction Specialist International Conference, and they're going to be talking about the we-ness model. That's W-E-N-E-S-S model of healing. It's scheduled for early April. If any of you are going, you'll have to check out their workshop. So I love getting skilled therapists who not only consult and counsel and coach, but also create a sacred place to do work, whether that's independently, you know, individually, or as couples. And since I've sent some couples to them, I thought they'd be the perfect people to talk about what intensives are and and how do they run them and, you know, when to use them. I'm sure I'm going to learn something today myself. So, you know, there's all sorts of ways 
to really um, increase the third nature of your work. And last week, you may remember, I was talking about telling a partner that I was working with, hey, you need to take a break from recovery. And she looked at me like I was telling her she needed to have five glasses of scotch. You know, she just went, oh. And I said, yeah, you're doing so well. You could teach the course. It's time to take a break. Breathe through it. You know, have some fun. Um, Not saying that recovery isn't what you need to be doing, but from time to time, you have got to figure out as a partner what else defines you. And this is a bright, intelligent, vibrant, fun-loving woman. I mean, she gets told in her group that uh, she's like the comedian of the group because she's so quick-witted. That makes me happy because I don't typically get to see that side of her because, of course, she's in intensive therapy with me. Um, But I really want to ask you, what do you do when you get stuck? When you feel like maybe you've done everything or when you feel like can't get past a specific place in your own recovery. That's the question I'm going to ask you. And you can email me at carolcaroltecoach.com. Let me know what, you, what you're thinking and what you've done, and I'll be sharing that on the show. Because clearly, I not only interview experts on this show, but I get a lot of information from you all, and you've had the experience of life, and that qualifies you as an expert. No doubt about it. So, as I was indicating earlier, I'm so happy to have Sharon and James on the show because they really have made it their mission to be available to sex addicts, uh, which they call, James calls actors, and partners and couples in so many different ways. So, hey, welcome to the show, guys. How are you? Hi, Carol. Hey, Carol. We're great. Thanks for having us. Absolutely. A lot of times when I have two people on the call, they call separately. So I'm glad you're there together so you can see yourselves and know when each other are talking. Because I know both of you, and you both have a lot to say. You're experts in the field, and um, you've you've never not known what to say next. So Tell my listening audience a little bit about you individually. Who is James and Sharon? So I am um, a, oh, I'm an LCSW. I have um, done mental health work for almost, I don't know, 26 years, I think, Carol. Um, Certainly through our life experience working in this niche um, what became our passion and um, and so I'm a partner um, and I really love what I what I do I um when I was going through sort of my um, my dark times I remember saying 
because there was no one who could really help me. I had three different therapists at the same time so that I could get my needs met, and I led them a lot. I remember saying, I don't want to ever um, know someone who is going through this that has to go through this alone. So my mission in our work is that partners do not have to do this alone. Oh, yeah, that's a great reason. Yeah, to have gone through that and to want to make it better for other people. You know, guys, I just was talking to a woman the other day, and she told me that she had a formal disclosure with a therapist, and they did it within an hour on her lunch break, and it was a botched disclosure. And I thought to myself, you know, clinicians don't know what they don't know, and it isn't until you've Experience this kind of stuff or heard about it that it makes you want to provide something better. So, Sharon, I am so impressed with the fact that you really did want to give to partners things that took you so long to find. How about you, Jane? Tell us a little bit about you. So, um, I am a LMHC, Licensed Mental Health Counselor, a CSAT uh, Supervisor, and um, APSAT's Trained Partner Specialist, as well as Sharon is as well. Um, I am, uh, I've been in, I'm a, a sex addict in recovery um, for over, just over seven and a half years. Um, it was a... Uh, very intense and difficult journey, um, which I am forever grateful that Sharon decided that it would be our journey. Yeah, we we um, we kept trying to do things the way that we were reading to do them, or other people were telling us, and it just didn't feel right. It didn't feel right to be on separate sides of the street. It didn't feel like not to collaborate when we needed to. And so we sort of created the model that we work from. We sort of created it as we went through our own journey. Yeah, so really, um, you know, it's so, it's so set up out there to for essays to just work their program and for partners to do their recovery in, in whatever way that looks, which thankfully has grown so much recently. Um, and so it's it's so separated, and yet uh, what we worked on together and then developed and used for, for the way that we do our, our work here with, with partners and with sex addicts and, uh, and couples um, is really about uh, the, the we part of it, how... You know, the vision how, of the we. Right, the vision of, of how we can be together and do our work that we need to do individually but also together. So always leaning in, leaning towards each other. Um, and really that's that's why we were so successful in, in our personal lives. I, I have never truly been happier or more content than I am now and uh, or more connected. Um, and that's a real problem for sex addicts is we don't know what intimacy is. We don't have a clue how to connect. And this journey has really taught me that. And um, and then we're able to bring that to other people. So, so we share a lot of we share a lot of of what's gone on with us. 
um, in our intensives because we 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 have an expertise and we are we are people just like the people that we help. Well, and that is what stands out for your your center and your approach is that you are so personal and you do share your own struggles and how you have worked through them. This weenus model, I know you're going to be unveiling it in April for the Christian Sex Addiction Specialist International Conference, and we have a lot of coaches and clinicians that listen to the show. Would you tell our listening audience a little bit about the intensives that you provide because let's face it intensives can be two day four day five day two week couples singles you name it so talk a little bit about the services at hopeforus.com or core relational recovery sure so i'm going to say that we do a lot of things differently um first of all we rarely do anything less than a five-day intensive because um, because our work is so customized, and we we work very deeply. Um, we have a, a lot of ideas about what we want to cover for whomever is coming, and then we collaborate with them and their referring therapist about the goals of their intensives. So let's say a partner is coming to us. We're going to have her for five days, and we're going to, those five days are going to give her time to settle in and, and know that she's safe, maybe safe for the first time, um, and sort of flip-flop back and forth between didactic learning, experiential learning, um, some some narrative therapy learning and rewriting of of her story, um, just just a chance to really get to know who she is so that she can move forward. Um, and we teach a lot about trauma. We do a lot of trauma work. Um, we, we have EMDR available in our intensives. <clears throat> we do sand trays during our intensives. We do lots of art therapy during our intensives. Play therapy. So... So we will get a referral either from a client or or a, a therapist, and at, right at that point we start collaborating to find out what they really want and what we recommend. Um, so uh, no intensive has ever been alike, and sometimes James and I bang our heads together and say, why do we reinvent the wheel every time? Yet that's what really makes our intensives different because we follow the client where they need to go. Yeah, I was going to say, it's like you customize what the client needs. And your center offers all sorts of testing. So it's not just the assessment that you put together. And it's not just how the client sees him or herself. But it's really an opportunity to pull from all sorts of resources and then provide individualized treatment based on what his or her needs are, correct? Correct. Yeah, absolutely. And I think the the number one thing that we're able to do is to whoever comes to us to give them that feeling of, of safety 
and security, uh, sort of as though it's they're they're in a safe container, and that we've got them. And we truly feel like everybody who comes to us ends up being part of, you know, our family. Um, our 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 community, our core yeah. community, is pretty extensive, and very very active. Um, so so not only are are we helping, but um, folks in all different places in their healing um, also have the opportunity to reach out and and help people. We have ongoing uh, aftercare groups that are three up to three times a week right now that are online and uh, and in those groups those those men and women obviously separately um, <clears throat> are forming their are are continuing that community feeling that they've gotten. Um, they're all on group texts and which are monitored uh, and um, and they they reach out that's that's an incredible support system um, because they're all they're all growing together and within the model that we provide for them the weenus model we just really believe that that no one can heal alone and that as we learn how to connect within this safe safe place um, then we can take it out on the road. And so, obviously, you, you believe that intensives work so well because it does create that downtime that both sex addicts and or partners need to to get grounded and stable and resourced. And then, obviously, you said that you get to do some of the deep work, and you, you brought up some of that. What would you tell our listening audience? Why do you believe they might need an intensive as opposed to doing the deep work one-on-one with a counselor or uh, in group therapy? We, um, one of our favorite intensives is a jumpstart intensive and, and actually um, you, know, you, you recently sent a client to us for that. Um, we feel like to have someone in a safe container day after day really gives them an opportunity to um, to stay in stay in that groove of of open mindedness, safety, learning, healing. Whereas if they just come to us once a week, um, they they have the opportunity for life to step back in, um, all of the pressures and the stressors and, um, and that safe container n- does not extend for the days that they are not with us. So, so it's almost like week to week you're, you're catching up on what happened and then the client goes and the bigger story of their lives um, can sometimes be ignored because of that. Yeah, that makes total sense, and that is why I sent him, as well as I really felt like for him, um, he needed to get away. He needed to be away so that he could focus on him, because let's face it, when discovery occurs, there is so much chaos and crisis for both people. The partner is absolutely in shock, and she's she or he is, is absolutely devastated. And then for the, the addict, he 
he is exposed for the very first time and often is so worried about the damage he's just done. He's seen it. He's he's out of denial, at least for a little while. And to be able to go to a place where you can really focus on you and get away from technology and all the things that interrupt that sacred space, I mean, there's just nothing better. But I also told my listening audience before uh, you came on the call that that I refer people for intensives when they were really doing pretty well. I wanted them to do a real um, scan of themselves and see what they wanted to do with the next part of their life. And so would you talk to us a little bit about the types of intensives you run? You know, obviously you just talked about, what did you call it? Not first start, but what did you call it? Jump start. Jump start. Okay, so you have jump start intensives. What what other kinds of intensives do you run? So we do run uh, some group intensives, uh, maybe quarterly, um, and Obviously, they are gender-specific. Typically, we will, um, they will have a certain goal. Um, our, our, our partner group intensives have been um, focusing this year on moving from survival to revival. So obviously, in that, you hear that this client has some has some um, healing that's already been done um, and is in a place where she's ready to go from from that survival mode and go from that safety into bravery. Um, and then we also do couples intensives, and, and we love when these couples also have, have some they have to have some security in their recovery. They have to be able to um, get themselves internally safe. Um, certainly we're there to, to help create safety, but, but when we have couples come to us, um, you know, our job is to hold a room safe while we do this work, and we want, we want each of the clients to be able to have some stability and safety with them. So, so we will not do a couples intensive until the referring therapist says that the couples are ready for it. And we, we always do, um, uh, what's the word for it, I always, a consultation. <laughs> Sorry, I always manage to let that word go out of my head. Um, we always do a consultation prior, uh, and then typically um, at least one pre-intensive uh, session with each with each person, or if it's one person coming. Um, so we do, these are, we also do these intermediate, the intermediate um, level individual intensives as well. Um, one of the things that we, we, we always, um, from the beginning are working on, on uh, the coupleship as well, obviously, from our model, whether we've got one person or, or two. Um, and what we also work, work on in that is uh, is a, a great deal of trauma work. Obviously, with partners, we're working the betrayal trauma. Um, and then with, with um, actors, we're doing a lot of the uh, unmet childhood needs, the, the early trauma that drives the addiction in the first place. So we're really, we, we dig deep into that. 
so that they can get some understanding of where that's coming from and start addressing that as well as um, the behaviors. So not only do do we teach men how to be sober, but we also teach them what fuels their addiction with these un, unmet childhood need drivers. And, um, and we're teaching them that they're... Uh, Every action that they take that helps their partner helps themselves. So that's how they're going to grow towards the coupleship rather than just staying in their in their uh, essentially their their me place. Oh, absolutely. You know, I'm writing that book on empathy, and it is all under that APSATS premise that when an addict gets in good recovery and really works on the relational skills that the partner and he need to get healthy, it not only makes her better, but in turn, it improves his sense of self and they connect even more deeply. So I am all about the fact that this relational work has to has to work now after a good sense of recovery and also obviously after a full disclosure, when all the truth is known. Do you offer disclosures at your intensives? That's an interesting question, Carol. <laughs> um, we we will not do um, a disclosure intensive. Um, we, um, we decided sometime last year that we, that we as a, a couple and as practitioners, um, it breaks our hearts. Um, and and we dive so deep, we're like these forensic uh, detectives running around because we want to make sure that there doesn't have to be a second disclosure. And and we have just decided that we love the work that we do, and we are no longer um, doing disclosures. That said, we have some wonderful people that we know through AppSats who do fantastic disclosures, so they are the people that we will team with for that. Um, we, do, you know, Part of that deep dive that we do is um, uh, we have a 193-question questionnaire that was intended for polygraphs. We now use it on everybody coming in to see where, you know, to get a really clear idea of where they're acting out is. And then, as you know, we, I, we shared all of the yes answers to those with any referring clinicians so that they have that if, if there's a disclosure coming up and they know all of the acting out that's happened. Um, but what we what I found was that I was so emotionally involved in making sure that this was going to be the entire truth for the partner that it um, that when somebody was holding back or did not you know, didn't reveal everything that it just really broke my heart for the partner. Um, so it was really, it, it just became such a, so difficult for, for me to do from that emotional standpoint that I just, um, we, we, Sharon and I talked and made that decision that there are people who really are, who are very, very good at this and love to do it. And so we make sure that people get what they need, but um, we like to focus on well, we're doing. Yeah, it's nice to know that you don't do everything and you pay attention to your own psyche, your own heart, and your own soul, 
and you know what you do best and what you would rather have somebody else do. So since we are an APSAT-sponsored show, can you give us a name or two of APSAT's people that do excellent disclosures? So um, Dan Drake and Janice Cottle would be the two that immediately come to mind who are I mean they're no they're well known for it. They're they're I I'm not sure if, if they're I know they're presenting on it now and whether they're I think they're writing a book on it at the moment together, although their practices are separate. But they are mm-hmm. they are fantastic. Uh, they're also AppSets board members. And, so. and that's one of the things that we feel the most proud about in our lives that that we have the pleasure of sitting on the AppSets board with you and um, all of the other folks that we really look up to. I know. We are we're a fine group of people, that is for sure. Are. We, all have, we all have such a passion for this work and just want to bring more of it out in the community so that partners and addicts are not alone. Now, James, you, I referenced that you refer to sex addicts as actors. And can you share with our listening audience, that's kind of a new terminology, what makes you call them actors? Well, it comes from uh, acting out. Um, and one of the reasons that I came up with that was because there was there's so much debate in the professional field. Is this sex addiction, is it compulsive sexual behavior? Is it hypersexuality? Is it problematic sexual behavior? I actually did a short YouTube video on, on that. Um, and, you know, when, when professionals argue like that, I really think that it takes away from, from what clients need. So a very neutral, I think problematic sexual behavior is a very neutral term because if it's a problem for one of the partners, it's a problem for both. And it's a mouthful. It is. So, so actors is a, is a fairly um, all-encompassing term. Of course, I, you can't just walk out there and say actor and people know what you're talking about unless it's within the field itself. Um, but that's it. it um, there are a lot of people who can't tolerate being labeled an addict. Um, uh, you know, obviously, if it is addiction, there's a, dif- a difference between addiction and compulsion. Um, there's certainly a difference between those two and uh, hypersexuality, which is, to me, an entirely different um, beast. Um, well, not entirely, but it definitely has has major differences. So, you know, it, it's just it was really coming from all that confusion as to what to call it. Um, so it's not really a, a, a replacement label, but I think it's something that most people can live with that they have acted out uh, outside of their integrity, outside of their the covenant of their marriage. And so, um, so to call people to to, lay, to name that an, as an actor seemed to be um, to me a, a um, a good all-encompassing term within our field, of course. Well, absolutely, and I'm glad I asked because I made the assumption actors met because there was so much deceit or deception in sexual addiction that you really don't know who you, you're with. You really don't know who you're married to. You really don't know who your brother or your father is until they get clean. So, that makes a lot of sense to me. Actors refers to acting out and the way and they act it out. I like yours there too, Carol. I, I tend to be the, you know, 
sort of the royalty of, of double entendres. <laughs> so it, it doesn't surprise me that there's a second meaning to it. So I really like that. Thank you. And doesn't that speak to how the partner feels and the families feel when when they go through discovery and 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 they're bottom line questioning the thing that they keep thinking about over and over and over again is who is this man? Who is this man? And then there's that what did I do or what didn't I do? And that's just so devastating to hear because that just it is absolutely so far from the truth because partner it's not what a partner did or did not do. They did not cause this. It just makes me <laughs> Yeah. So I'm going to tell a little story about my husband James, as 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 tears are running down his face. Um, we had a um, we had a partner leaving, and she'd spent two weeks with us, and so um, we felt that she knew who we were very well. And as she was leaving, she was hugging everybody goodbye, and she asked James. Um, if she could hug him, and so she did, and she said to him, you are the first man who has ever touched me and not wanted something from me. Oh, my goodness. What a compliment and what a sense of security for her that she could have that experience. James and I were talking earlier about all the beautiful experiences we get to witness um, and how blessed we are that this is our life. Well, and again, you've done something that so many people want to do. I, I am on the website as getting the calls and the emails from people who want to give back to this community. And most of them are lay people. They're not counselors. They're not coaches. But they've been through the process and they want to help others. And so I know who's out there, and I know how badly they want um, to help. And there are different programs that one can do and not be a clinician or a coach and still help partners. But, guys, you are the epitome of taking a situation, growing from it, and then giving back and making it your life's work and your passion. Now, how do you two take care of yourself? (laughs) Well, it varies. Um, we've been we've been doing back to back intensives for um, two months now, and so at the end of this week's intensive, we'll have three days off, um, and we literally turn the phones off and just enjoy being together and rejuvenate and hang out at home and talk to our boys on the phone and everybody else we haven't had time to talk to during the intensives. Um, and love on our dogs, especially Puzzle, who is our facility dog. And um, so, and just relax. So, you know, with these intensives, um, we've also been preparing our our two presentations that we're doing at, uh, at CSASE. So if they were due this week, so <laughs> we've, been, we've been doing a lot of work. Um, I have to say that with my brain, um, because I'm really ADHD and I love to hyperfocus, that actually has that actually is relaxing for me to. I know it sounds strange to focus so so much on things like the presentations, um, and in, intensives are very much the same way because they're 
pretty much pure focus. Um, and we have such a fantastic team of, uh, of coaches and therapists who work for us uh, um, and so they can step in and take care of, um, of our clients while we're in intensives. And um, it's just that we do a team approach with, with regard to that. So people get what they need from, from different coaches and, and, uh, and clinicians who have different specialties. Well, and I want you to brag a little bit about your team. I'd like you to tell our listening audience who they are. We may have had a few of them on the show. As well as I want you to let our group know, I know I have said that your website is hopeforus.com, but share a little bit about where your facility is located and um, how they can contact you also. So our fantastic team um, consists of AFSAT uh, certified coaches um, who also have different expertise as well, so relationship recovery coaching certifications, um, divorce coaching um, certifications, unfortunately, um, and fortunately, um, Recovery. Have I already said recovery? But anyway, so we have. Um, oh, and gaslighting. And we gaslighting. Have, we, we have who we feel like is the the expert of experts of gaslighting um, on our team. So Sarah Morales, uh, who has really dedicated her professional life in learning how to teach us not to gaslight ourselves and also not to gaslight each other. Um, and what a fantastic gift to the world and she's just an amazing coach um she's not on our staff she's a consultant as well as um as cat um from from england is also one of our uh consultants and she's just such a dynamic coach Uh, we feel so blessed that she's part of ours and then uh last but not least um galen is actually on our staff and I don't know what we would do without her. Um, she she is um, just a, an amazing natural healer that has so much education in so many different, really important parts of this journey for folks. So she can deep dive into grief. She can deep dive into therapeutic separation. She is amazing, and I tell you, if, if we if we look at what really makes us work, our office manager, Gail, we could not live without her, and we certainly now could not live without Galen. Well, it's so interesting because your facility has always been renowned, but clearly, since you got certification and you got to um, become since you've been on the board and found the cream of the crop people, always adding to your group. It really has become an AppSats organization in and of itself, has it not? Without a doubt, Carol. And you know, I told Barb uh, Barb last year, Barb Stephens. Um, I'm gonna cry again. Okay. <laughs> uh, and but while we were crying, that was the the old president of APSAP. She was the founding president. Go ahead. Yes. Um, 
so I um, I told Barb last year at at, uh, at the Sash conference um, that AppSets had not only changed how I practiced because all of my learning prior was more of the keep to your own side of the street, et cetera, and um, AppSets absolutely changed my entire view of of how of treat of treatment and all and beyond that changed my life. Um, I have grown so much from those that single that single set of classes that I took with I think with Barb mostly. Um, it just changed my entire life view and and grew me as a human being and as a husband and as a man. Well, I know. I think we all really, really feel the same way. Sharon, how about you? Um, I have to say that uh, when I went into the AppSets training, certainly I wanted to be the best therapist that I could be for partners. I did not realize that it would make us the best therapist for actors as well. Um we use that multidimensional trauma model with everyone that we work with. Um, and uh, I thought I knew a lot, Carol. I have to say, I came into it a, a little bit arrogant. And, um, and I did a lot of my supervision with Barb and uh, her ability to graciously uh, <laughs> extend someone is amazing. So I love the fact that even though I had been doing therapy for 25 years, those hours of supervision taught me so much more about how I practiced and how I wanted to practice. Barb really is the definition of grace. Great Grace walking, okay. that's Yes, I would agree with that. It was so nice to have her on the uh, inaugural show back in June and then to have her come on the week that she submitted her resignation and said she wanted to do coaching and just more intentional self-care and she would still be in the business, but she was going to take care of herself and really slow down a bit. We were all glad to hear that. Um, Let me ask you, how can people get a hold of you? Well, if they, they can come to the website, which is www.hopeforus, spelling the, the F-O-R out, hopeforus.com. Um, our phone number is 561-345-3510, or they can email uh, info at hopeforus.com. And we are located in sunny, beautiful West Palm Beach, Florida. And our intensive client right now is sitting on our balcony overlooking the intercoastal. So it's yep. just a gorgeous place Check to be. Check me in. <laughs> <laughs> and it's not cold. It was I know. And you, we are actually Right, we had sweaters on last night for 60. <laughs> oh, my gosh. And that was our high for yesterday. So... <laughs> I, I I know we want to do a virtual tour of some or of your center. I I've, I've gotten to see some of it, but I would in, in, 
encourage any of our listening audience, James and Sharon are there to assist you in helping you determine if you feel like an intensive is needed. And if you're a clinician or a coach, feel free to call them. They will help consult with your client to determine is that the best place for your client. Uh, They know about other facilities throughout the world, really, and certainly other clinicians that might be less intrusive for the first time around. So don't hesitate to use them because they really are a wealth of knowledge. And, guys, thank you so much for being on Betrayal Recovery Radio. This has been an honor. As as it has been for us, too, Carol. Thank Truly, you. Truly, Carol. Thank you so much. You're welcome. It's about time. I've been wanting you on this show for three months. <laughs> <laughs> well, you finally, we've been wanting to get on for three months. I know. I felt bad hearing that this was the week before your intentional self-care three days. But I do know <laughs> that it really helps people to find out about intensives because there are so many different types. It's nice to hear when an APSATS based, even though you don't represent APSATS, you're very APSATS friendly. And and that means everybody's going to get the best of care. So keep doing what you're doing and thank you so much. Thank you, Carol. Thank you, Carol. Take care. All right. You, make, you too. All right. Well, thank you, listening audience, for paying attention and sitting through that because I'm telling you, these two are very skilled clinicians that know what they're doing, and want to make a difference. And when when you need something more, it's hard to know where to go. And that's what all of our people have said for the last 10 or 20 years. This is a new field. It's been around for a while in terms of the problem, but it really is being recognized as an issue that needs specific niche treatment, whether you're the partner or as James would say, the actor, the person acting out, whether you're male or female, um, matters not. So I just so appreciate you listening to the show. And next week, we have a special show with Lori Hall. And Lori is the new president of AppSats. And she's also an author. And really looking forward to hearing where she believes that APSATS can go and grow as an institute and as a uh, community service to partners and addicts all around the world. So we'll see you back for another inspiring show. And as I say at the end of every, every segment, there will only be one of you at all times. So fearlessly have the courage to be yourself. And I'll see you next week. For more information, go to appsats.org, the Association of Partners of Sex Addicts Trauma Specialists, to find a professional in your area who is trained to help you after sexual betrayal. Blog Talk Radio. Blog Talk Radio. This is AppSats Radio, help for partners after sexual betrayal. 
We talk about it here. Betrayal Trauma. We are APSAT certified clinical partner specialists and coaches who have been trained to help navigate you through this crisis. There is nothing we won't talk about. So I've got Amy on the line. Amy, welcome to the show. What's your question? Well, I have a question about what um, healthy sexuality looks like when Mm. a sex addict is in recovery. One of the things we know about research and sex addicts is that they don't necessarily want sex with their own wife. And so to me, that says he's in really good recovery because he does want that with you. He has been two years sober. He has been in three facilities. And I suspect that's how he's wanting closeness with you. 